This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. My name is Sonny. I am your host. I am here with my best good buddy and co-host, Caleb. Yo! All right, so, of course, before we get too far in, because I don't think I'll forget, but I don't want to forget just to be safe, let's go ahead and do the patron names. Yeah, do it right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. So a huge thank you to Cam Yang, Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Gate Guardian Support, HGH Cyber, Josh Rosen, Marshawn Jones, Zyphorus, Yeet the Feet, Zephyrius AD, Anthony Leela, Blackwing Floodgate Armor Master, Dank Nugs, Earth Machine Best Deck, I Am McLincoln, Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Petition for More Sound Effects, Please. There you go. There's a sound effect for you. <laughs> Pig, Rudolph, Sprite, Farter, Tealermint, Sprite, wake up, bro, we got a goalie for Edison. The Hoover Dam is a floodgate, unbanned number 95, Konami, understanding and reading are two different things. Virtually Savior's World, Wade Anderson, Zingas Khan, Aaron Gardner, Asami, Brandon Potter, Demolition Beaver, the Floodgate Destroyer, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, Jerry Beans Man, Nordic Best Deck, Old Man Red, Pincode 143, Praise Be to Mystic Mine, Our Lord and Savior, Ray Powell, Shockmaster Did Nothing Wrong, Slaking It Up, and wait, what? There's no way I can legally say that. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. So, we also want to take just a moment before we get too far in to, of course, thank a couple of wonderful sponsors. So, we're going to start and we're going to thank Millennium Threads. Thank you so much, Millennium Threads, for sponsoring the podcast. Be sure to check them out. Millennium Threads is a store on Etsy. So they sell clothing and accessories and things like that that are all Yu-Gi-Oh! themed. So you can get custom embroidered hoodies and hats. I don't know why I put a little bit of chutzpah on that hoodies. <laughs> There's no telling. I was about to ask. <laughs> you can get custom hoodies and hats and you can get t-shirts, things like that. And I really do think that the quality is really, really nice. So if you're interested, please be sure to check out the Millennium Threads. You can find their link in the description down below. Of course, we also want to thank a sponsor of, of Dragon Shield. Dragon Shield is one of the largest TCG accessory manufacturers in the world. Dragon Shield has a wonderful selection of sleeves, deck boxes, binders, playmats, etc., including they have some new colors and new and a new design coming. I believe August 26th is yeah. the official release date. So, if you're looking for some cool sleeve designs, they have the Bolt Reaper matte sleeves which are super duper nice. I used them at the regional over the weekend. And they all, if you're more into the solid colors, you don't really like the art designs, you can always check out the Sapphire and Ruby sleeves. So 
If you're interested in any of those, be sure to check out Dragon Shield. There is an affiliate link in the description down below. If you click it before you shop on their website, we do get a little bit of a kickback and it helps support the podcast. Also, if you want to support the podcast, you can always feel free to check out our Patreon or our TCG Player affiliate link that you can, again, click before you shop to cost you nothing extra and just support the podcast. And it's greatly appreciated. And if you do Dragon Shield, you get this awesome hand shuffling. Oh, yeah, it's they're great. Oh, yeah, just the best. So thank you to all of our sponsors for supporting the podcast. And let's get on into the episode. Oh, yeah. First off, to begin with, we got one little thing of quick play news, because this is like very quick, not really much to talk about. Yep. Um, we have what we have what the next YCS prize card is. It is called another verse dragon. It is a light dragon vanilla. So normal monster level eight, 2500 attack, 2000 defense. It's uh. Flavor text is, this secretive dragon has conquered many dimensions and can only be seen by the champion of time. Also included is the incumbent playmat for the top players, which is, of course, it again. I think it looks really nice, personally. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I'll be completely honest. I don't like it. I don't. But at the same time, my odds of winning one of these are slim to none. Yeah, so, so I'm not really in a position to be judgy. Uh, like that is the, like it's the exact same reason why I kind of just can't care, right? But like in a nice way, where it's like I, I'm, it, it doesn't affect me any. So right, right. You know why should I care? Other than I mean, looks cool. Right, it looks pretty cool. So, all right. So let's move, why don't we move on into the real news here? Oh yeah, let's see. So we have like two new archetypes. Yes, I'm uh, pretty excited about the new stuff. What about you? Oh yeah. So first off, we have the new Purry archetype. It is just straight up Eevee from Pokemon, but not Eevee from Pokemon. Okay. So to begin with, we have a level one effect monster whose name is Purry. Uh, it is a light fairy effect monster with 100 attack and defense. Uh, if this card is normal or special summon, you can excavate the top three cards of your deck and add one excavated Purry spell or trap card from to your hand. Also place the rest on the bottom of the deck in any order. That's a pretty good card. Uh, pretty yeah. good effect. It can whiff, but pretty good. Uh, once per turn, you can reveal a Purry quick play spell in your hand. If you do, special summon an Xyz monster that mentions it from your extra deck using this face-up card you control as material. This is treated as, a, as an Xyz summon. And if you do, attach your reveal card to it as material. All right. So, basically, the, the whole shtick is you, you. This whole shtick is a level one that goes up into rank twos. Uh, so what's the first thought you have when you see this monster? It's adorable. Okay. And my second thought is, I want a plush of it. Does it remind you of anything? I already said it looks like Eevee. Okay. I I'll I'll be completely honest. I missed you saying that. Yeah, it really, it really yeah. looks like Eevee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. So, then we have the first... Uh, the first uh, rank to exceed. Uh, Epuri e Happiness. Uh, rank, uh, rank 2 Light Fairy Xyz Effect. 2,000 attack, 100 defense. Uh, materials, 2 level 2 monsters. Generic, you can make this in other stuff. Uh, 1. If this card battles at the end of the damage step, you can add a Puri card from your deck to your hand... Also, if this card has Purry Heart Happy Memory as material, it can make the attack a one face up monster on the field become halved. That's, That's not fine. Yeah, it, it, the fact that it has to ha it happens at the end of the battle at the damage step is kind of meh. Uh, two thrice per turn. If it could if it could attack directly, it would be like oh, yeah. thrice per turn when you activate a Purry Quick Play spell. A quick play spell card, quick effect. You can attach that card on the field to this card's material. Then you can return a spell trap your opponent controls to the hand. That's actually pretty cool. Yes, that that's much cooler. Yeah. Next we have thrice per turn. <laughs> so stupid. Next we have epuri 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 epuri. That's how I said it. Epuri epuri epuri. I thought that was going to be easier to say, and then I said it out loud. No, it, it just doesn't come off the tongue good. So next we have Epuri Beauty. Rank 2 Water Fairy Xyz Effect Monster. Looks like Glaceon. Attack 1600, Defense 1100. Materials is 2 level 2 monsters. 
Once per turn, you can target one effect monster your opponent controls. Its effects are negated until the end of the turn. This is a quick effect if this card has pure pretty memory as material. Ooh. Two. Thrice per turn, when you activate a pure quick play spell card, quick effect, you can attach that card on the field to this card as material. Then you can change one opponent's monster's battle position. Okay. So this card has a much better one uh, for its first, has a much better one effect, but its two effect is worse. Right. So it's it's a give and take thing, but yeah. it's kind of cool that you can do these, you know, you can change the battle position. You can do that three times. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Epery Plump, uh, rank two Earth Fairy Exceeds Monster, 200 attack, 2100 defense, uh, two level two monsters. Once per turn, you can target up to two spell traps in the graveyards. Attach them to this card as material. This is a quick effect if you have Purry Delicious Memory as material. Thrice per turn, when you activate a Purry Quick Play spell card, quick effect, attach that card on the field to this card's material, then banish your monster on the field until the end phase. So its first effect is hilarious. Right. Just, hey, that's a nice Harpy feathers, Feather Duster, yoink. Not even that. You can... But you can also take, like... If, well, if you have this as a quick play effect, and your yeah. opponent, say it's a Sky Striker player, and they make Kagari, yeah. you can chain to the activation of Kagari's effect to steal their engage. Exactly. That's so stupid. And then just, like... And then, like, until they out the Exceeds monster, it stays there. You can just never detach it. And they just lose their one and engage. <laughs> Yeah, I think that this is a really interesting archetype just off the monsters. So we, we are done with the monsters. And oh, no, I, no, we got one more monster. We have their boss monster next. Oh, last. okay. Yeah, I, we have I, one more I, boss. Yeah. yeah. All right, so this is Expuri Happiness. Rank 7, Light Fairy Effect Monster, 2500 Attack, 1100 Defense. Their materials is two level 7 monsters. Yeah, it's a rank 7. Yeah. You can also Xyz summon this card using a rank 2 monster you control with 5 or more materials, and you transfer its materials to this card. 1. During your main phase, you can detach 1 Xyz material from this card, and if you do, negate the effects of all face-up monsters your opponent currently controls until the end of the turn. If this card has a level 1 Puri monster as material, your opponent cannot activate cards or effects in response to this effect's activation. When an attack is declared involving this card with five or more materials, inflict 500 damage to your opponent. It's 1,500. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, just looking at the monsters, this is an interesting con concept, right? It'll, oh, definitely. I feel like a lot of the weight of this archetype is going to fall onto the spell cards. Yeah, so we'll have to see if the quick play spells are, like, actively any good. Because, like, the actual Exceeds monsters themselves aren't terrible. Even, like, their thrice-per-turn effects... Right. Like, I mean, yeah, the change of, like change their battle position one's kind of meh. But even then, it's not like the worst thing in the world. And really, when you think about it, this this archetype reminds me so much of Striker. One main deck monster. A lot of spells yeah. supporting it. You have your extra deck mechanics. Yeah, to which in this case it succeeds. And then they also have... Uh, number of spells attached to something. Well, in this case, it's number of materials usually. But then, like, it's also like specific spells attached to it. Right, right. So this is interesting. I, th it's this... an interesting parallel, and yeah. it, it does ring to me as more of a slower control strategy. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what the actual spell cards are going to do, which we will start now. Sure. Um, starting with the field spell Stray Purry Street. Uh, your opponent cannot target Purry monster you control with card effects the turn they were special summoned. Well, Jesus. I mean, that's... That just makes sure it makes all your exceeds immune to, like, Valor, Imperm. Right. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, two, once per turn, a face-up Puri exceeds monster you control leaves the field by your opponent. Special summon a level one Puri monster from your deck or from your deck or graveyard. So, like, even if your opponent nibs you for whatever, is somehow is able to nib you somehow. Is somehow able to, able to nib you somehow. Yeah. I'm sorry, the somehow twice there kind of was yeah. kind of silly. Um, you can just go, cool, effective straight of straight street, bring out the level one again, they just set it back up again. Right, yeah. That's that's kind of crazy, honestly. Three, during each end phase, you can target a Purry Exceeds monster on the field. Attach a Purry Quick Play spell from your deck or graveyard to it as material. That's really good. Because uh, then the field spell essentially um, gives you near infinite materials. Right, they, right. So that way you can just keep uh, blanket negating your opponent's field. This is a, this is this is interesting. It's a really good spell, field spell. 
All right, next we have Puri, my friend. Continuous spell card. You can only use the first and second effects of this card's name once per turn. One, you can pay 500 life points. I promise it's 500 this time. I got it right. Reveal three Puri cards from your deck, except Puri, my friend. And if you do, your opponent randomly picks one for you to add to your hand. Also, shuffle the rest back into the deck. That effect sounds familiar. Yeah, because you can just reveal that one. You can reveal three of the same card. Yeah. It's... it's one of the monarch spells did that. Yeah, like one of the monarch spells did that. Uh, Power Tool Dragon did that too with equip spells. Yeah, the monarch. I don't think Pantheism did that. It might be. Yeah, there was a monarch card that there was. There was a monarch card that did that too. Right, where it, you, you revealed three spells from your deck, and you could just add one to your hand. But like you said, Power Tool does the same thing with equip spells. Right, but you can just reveal three of the same card. Yeah, and you're you're guaranteed to add that one to your hand. Yeah. But then you can also have your opponent give you information by selecting three ones that you know are going to plus you, but then your opponent is obviously going to pick the lesser of the three evils there. For themselves, yeah. So then you're going to, so then you're, it's going to kind of give you a little key in on what, what they have. Right. And then second effect, if a face-up Puri exceeds Machi Control, leaves the field by your opponent, even during the damage step, you can add up to three Puri quick play spells with different names from your graveyard to your hand. Wow. <laughs> That's some crazy recursion. Oh, Lord. Uh, so, okay, so now we're in the actual quick play spell, starting with Puri Happy Memory. This is the one that goes to the light Ixies, the one that's a, uh, uh, the one that, like, you can have the attack and then thrice per turn, uh, bounce a spell trap your opponent controls. Gotcha. Yeah. The, the worst of the three, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, one, okay, so quick play spell, one, apply this effect to one card on the field to end, end of the, until the end of the next turn. Then you can discard one card, and if you do, special summon a level one Puri monster from your deck. Once applied, the next time that card would be destroyed by a card effect, it is not destroyed. All of that, by the way, by the way, the cost was there was no cost. There is no cost of this card. It is just do these things in order. Crazy. Uh, two, a Puri exceeds monster that has this card as material gains this effect. This card can attack a number of times each battle phase up to the number of Puri Happy Memory attached to it plus one. So minimum is two, basically. Yeah, by equip by go by equipping one. So that's kinda cool. I just kinda wish the exceed was bigger. How big is it again? 2K. That's fine. Uh Yeah. <clears throat> Alright, next we have Puri Pretty Memory. And this is the one that I believe goes with the water one that yeah. looks like Glaceon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that uh, flips them, but they can also work <laughs> out what its actual effect right. was. Quick play spell. Each player gains 1,000 life points. Then you can discard one card. And if you do, special summon one level one Puri monster from your deck. That's really good. Mm-hmm. So do I see Dark World Puris incoming? I mean... Or uh, should or uh, BA Puri incoming? Very possibly. This is... Yeah, because like because the discard isn't my card effect. That is if the problem-solving card text stays the same. Right. It, like, that. if that's the case, that is ridiculously powerful. Uh, what's its... I wonder what its uh, yes. attach effect is. A Puri Xyz monster that has this card's material gains this effect. Once per turn, you can send one other card you control to the graveyard, then target one card your opponent controls, attach it to this card's material. Yo! <laughs> That's broken. That's, oh, what is that? That's cyber. In, that's uh, cyber. Cyber dragon infinity's effect. Pretty much, yeah. But with no, a cost it, yeah. attached to it. Yeah, it is. That's crazy. Or time thief redoer, but you actually get to choose what you do. Yeah. Uh, next up is Puri Delicious Memory Quick Play Spell. This is the one that goes to the Earth one. Um, one, make one monster on the field unable to be controlled by battle until the end of the next turn. Then you can discard one card. If you do, special summon a level one Puri monster from your deck. Two, a Puri Xyz monster that has this card's material gains its effect. Gains 300 attack and defense for each material attached to this card. Yo! They can get real big real quick. For real. Because it's 300 for each material. Like, let's say you make the light one who can attack twice. Equip yeah. one of those. That's already an extra 369. That already makes it 2900 right off the bat. Beefy. Yeah, that's already... Yeah, okay. That's how they get big. Um... So yeah, that, those are all the quick play spells. Uh, so now we're into the trap cards. Sure. Let's start with Puri Leap. Normal trap card. You can only activate one card with this card's name per turn. One, target one Puri Xyz monster you control. 
Special Summon 1 Puri Xyz monster with a different rank from your extra deck by using it as material, but return the summon monster to the extra deck during the end phase of the next turn. This is treated as an Xyz summon, transfer its materials to the summoned monster. Interesting. Hmm. Okay, so uh, okay, so that would let you like switch around the purries, but then because it attaches all those materials, no, hmm? it doesn't let you just switch them around. You have to go to one with a different rank. Oh, so it lets you go straight up into the seven. Oh, for until the end of the next turn, and then it goes back down. Right. Interesting. Uh, it's got another effect. Two, you can banish this card, then target up to three Puri monsters in your graveyard, shuffle them into the deck. It's fine. Yeah, it, it's meh. And then, and then, of course, they're also mentioning that the set's also the set that this is coming out in is also going to have a reprint of Xyz Tribal Rivals, which I've never heard of. I have no idea what that card does. Uh, I don't think it's really going to matter. Probably not. Overall, I think this art type's really cool and has a lot of potential to be like not not a second striker deck because it doesn't have an engage. Right. It doesn't have the power ceiling that striker does, and but it's got the. But like, if you can get like if you can get your opponent to a simplified game game state, you're going to win. Right, exactly. Because you can just keep recurring the same stuff over and over and over again. Yeah, the, my only thing with this deck is that, like you said, it doesn't have an engage, and for what would I consider to be a control deck, you have to have that card that lets you generate that advantage steadily and incrementally over time. Yeah, but then of course it also and then of course which one of the year three exceeds that you can go into. Entirely depends upon what quick play spells you just so happen to have. That's very true. That's very, very true. You know, so like, let's say you want to go into the water negate one. You have to have that pretty memory. If you don't have it, you can't make the water one. Right. And you might be stuck making the light or the earth one when you need water. Yeah, I, I think that it'll be something that that gets figured out in time, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um... Overall, uh, I don't think I don't think it's really going to do a whole lot because it's just a worse striker. Yeah, overall, I give it a five out of ten. Yeah, um, ten out of ten for like for just like theming. Uh, like a, like a six out of ten for theming. Yeah, for me. All right, next set we have the Majestic Mambo of the Me- Mikanko Mahime. Mikanko, what a weird name. Yep. The theme's name is written in kanji as August slash Divine Oracle slash Mediums. But it sounds like it could be orange girls, as in the fruit. I mean, I'm down for a Nami archetype. Let's go. So first off, we have Hair the Sword Makanko. It, it, like, its actual Japanese name is uh, Sugurugi no Makanko Hair. So Hair the Sword Makanko. You put two Gs on Sugurugi. I did. Hmm. Yeah. Flunder. Uh, level 3 Fire Warrior effect monster. Zero attack and defense. You can only use the second effect of this card's name once per turn. I feel like it's worth saying that hair is spelled H-A-R-E, not H-A-I-R. Yes. Like hair like rabbit. Yeah. Like a March hare. Uh, okay, so you only use the second effect of this card's name once per turn. One, if this card is not equipped with any equipped card, you can t- you you take no battle damage from battles involving it. If it is equipping the equip card, you ca- it cannot be destroyed by battle. Also, your opponent takes any battle damage you would from battles involving it instead. Huh. That's silly. Two, if it becomes equipped with an equip card, you can add a Makanko equip spell from your deck to your hand. Note that hair is themed after a mouse. It is, th- it is mouse themed. Okay. I see that now that they say it. But the, but, hair, but a hair is a, is a rabbit. It's weird. It is weird. All right. Next, we have Nini the Mirror Mikanko. Level 3 Water Spellcaster Effect Monster, 0 0 on the stats. He's tiny. You can u- only use the second effect of this card's name once per turn. 1. If this card is not equipped with any equip card, you take no battle damage from battles involving it. If it is, it cannot be destroyed by battle. Also, your opponent takes. It. If it is, it cannot be destroyed by battle. Also, your opponent takes any battle damage you take from battles involving it instead. Just like the first one. 2. During your opponent's turn, while this card is equipped with an equipped card, quick effect, you can target one face-up monster your opponent controls, take control of it until the end phase. Interesting. So this one's kind of themed more after a cat. Yeah, uh, specifically the Nekomata, a cat-themed yokai. Next up, I assume this is their boss monster, Makanko of the Uhime, a level 6 light fairy ritual monster, zero attack, zero defense. You can, rit- you can ritual summon this card with 
Makako Kagura. You can only use the first and third effect of this card to name each once per turn. One, you can reveal this card in your hand, add a Makanko card from your deck to your hand, except another copy of itself that discard one card. Reveal from hand, and then add one to hand that discard a card. Interesting. That, that's really good, because then if you don't discard it, you can just hold it in your hand do it again next turn. Uh, right. Two, cannot be destroyed by battle. Also, your opponent takes any battle any battle damage you would take from Battles of Omnis card instead. Just like the other ones. Three, quick effect. You can target one equip spell in your graveyard, equip it to an appropriate monster on the field. Note, Uhime means big slash great princess, but it also sounds like the Japanese term for the Crimson Jobfish, Rosie Snapper, Blue Spot Jobfish, Crimson Snapper, King Emperor, King Snapper, or Rosie Jobfish. Just like that whole family tree of fishes. So this is kind of funny. You're going to get a kick out of this. So when it says Ohime means big slash great princess, it makes me think of Otohime, the, yeah. the princess from Fishman Island in yeah. One Piece. I, I think that's the I think they're making like the same connection there. Right, and she's a big princess. Yeah. She like literally she's huge. Uh so do you want to get the field spiral? Or... Yeah, I can. Yeah. Next we have Doorway of the Celestial Mikunko. Field spell card well, I just said that. Uh one while you control a monster or monsters equipped with an equip card, your opponent's monsters must attack them if able. Two, if your Mikanko monster battles, your opponent cannot activate cards or effects until the end of the damage step. Three. If your Makanko monster attacks at the end of the damage step, you can send one equip card you control to the graveyard. That monster can make another attack in a row on a monster. Interesting. Uh, next up, we have the Great Makanko of Legend, which is a quick play spell in it. And it has the two non-ritual monsters as kids on the card art. It's adorable. Uh, you can only use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. One, special summon a Makanko monster from your hand, ignoring its summoning conditions. Oh, boy. But return it to your hand during your opponent's end phase. So you can just, like, temporarily special out the ritual monster, but then it comes right back during your opponent's end phase. Right. Uh, two, during your main phase, you can banish this card from your graveyard, send a Makanko card from your deck to the graveyard, except in the copy of itself. Interesting. That is interesting. Now we're in the equip spells. Here we go. Yeah. So next we have Blazing Dance of the Makanko. Equip spell card. You can activate one card with this card's name per turn. One special summon one Makanko monster from your hand or graveyard. And if you do, equip it with this card. Then you can special summon one monster from your opponent's graveyard to their field, but its effects are negated. Two, the equipped monster cannot be destroyed by card effects. That's interesting. Okay, so I get what the first effect is meant for. It's meant so you can bring back your own, bring back your opponents, and then you can keep attacking into theirs yep. to deal damage to them. Yeah, Correct. that makes sense. Yeah, this is definitely an archetype that punishes your opponent for having monsters on board. For having the gall of summoning monsters. How dare they? Oh, please make your 6,000 attack point unaffected. Arrival cyber setting, Nister. Please. Yeah, I'll just crash I into it twice you. for game. Right. Uh, next up is Purifying Dance of the Makanko. Uh, equip spell. You can only equip only to a Makanko monster. You can only use the second effect of this card's name once per turn. One, the equipped monster cannot be destroyed by card effects. That's like four, like three or four levels of cannot be destroyed by card effects. Yeah. Uh, two, if a monster is special summoned to your opponent's field, you can target one monster they control and one monster your opponent controls. One monster you control, one monster your opponent controls, return them to the hand. So you get the Heavenly Spheres effect off there. Yes. That's pretty good. Next, we have Inviting Rondo of the Makanko. Equip spell card. Can be equipped to a monster your opponent controls. You can only activate one card with this card's name per turn. One, you can only control one Inviting Rondo of the Makanko. Two, take control of the equipped monster while you control a Makanko monster. Three, the equipped monster cannot activate its effects while you control it. Four, while this card, when this card leaves the field, send the equipped monster to the graveyard. Oh, so you can, like, equip one of your opponent's monsters, steal it, and then you can activate um, the second effect of Purifying Dance of the Makanko, and so you can bounce, just bounce two of your opponent's monsters back to their hands. Yeah, I guess that does work like that. Which I had to funny. go back and reread it, but yeah, yes. Which is funny. Uh, next up, we have Makanko Kagura, the ritual spell card. This card can be used to ritual summon any Makanko ritual monster. I like how they keep it open. Right. You can only activate one card with this card's name per turn. 
One, ritual summon a uh, one Makanko ritual monster from your hand by attributing monsters from your hand or field whose total levels equal or exceed the level of the ritual monster you ritual summon. Then you can destroy cards your opponent controls up to the number of equipped spells with different names in your graveyard. And if you do inflict a thousand damage Jeez. to them for each card destroyed by this effect. Jesus. That's wild. Hold on a second. Okay, they're level three. So you have to like, ideally yes. you would do one of each. Okay, right. Cool. Um... Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it feels cool, honestly. Next, we have Makanko Promise, Normal Trap. You can only activate one card with this card's name per turn. One, special summon one Makanko monster from your hand or deck, but banish it when it leaves the field. Then you can equip it with one appropriate equip spell card from your hand or graveyard. Uh, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty interesting battle trick. Yeah, I think it's it's cool, you know? Yeah. Um, This is the last one. Makanko Catfight. Uh, you can only use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. One, if you control a Makanko monster, target a face-up monster on the field. Equip it with one appropriate equip spell from your deck. Okay, so this turns the the water one that lets you like steal your opponent's monsters into a trap card. Yeah, I guess it does. Into a quick play. So that, that's cool. Um, two, if an equip spell or spells is sent to your graveyard while this card is in your graveyard, you can banish this card, target an equip spell in your graveyard, add to your hand. Note, this one exactly eludes us. It probably is referring to co refer referencing Kami as in God. Kami, possibly as in hair, but I think it's going for Kami as in argue and Kurabe. Contest for argument. Considering the cat notation notions of Nini and hair being mouse-themed, I think cat fight might work. Sure. As to cite Ness on this of how much this card is a headache i it i'm just super confused by cat and mouse also sword and mirror also goddess is citrus and chicken and don't ask questions just consume cute girls and get excited for next cute girls so stupid this is why sometimes japanese language can just be weird and I mean, don't get me wrong. The English language can be weird too, but listen, listen, listen. Buffalo, 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 buffalo. Buffalo is a proper English sentence. Yeah, I but... guarantee you, I did it wrong. But you can have a sentence just containing the word buffalo over and over again, and it's a prop, and it's a, uh, a a proper English sentence. I think it's like you can say buffalo like eight times or something like that. Yeah. I think that's the it's number. A, it's a specific number. Does not matter either way. Um, they're they're trying to go for like. Like, it looks like they're trying to go for, like, five or six puns layered one on top of the other. And it just gets confusing whenever you're trying to translate and local and or localize it. Right. It just makes things difficult sometimes. Okay. Well, let's take just a moment to thank one of our sponsors. Woo! So a huge thank you to ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. ETB Games is, of course, our locals, and they are your one-stop shop for all of your card game needs. They have everything that you need for the games that you love, like singles and sealed product, deck boxes, sleeves, binders, playmats, etc. for all the games that you love, like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Digimon, etc. So if you're interested in that and many, many more things to find, be sure to check them out. There is a link in the description down below. So, what are we talking about next? Well, I figured uh, since we're since uh, earlier today, as of recording, they released a lot of information. They pretty much released the entire set of what was the name of the set again? I'm terrible with names. Tactical Masters. Yes, they released the entire basically the entirety of Tactical Masters with MST.TV and a couple of other content creators releasing videos of them opening the set. So now I know what's in it. Right. Besides just the three new archetypes of Valiance. I'm always going to be saying that wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, what were the other two archetypes? So it's Valence. Thank you. Then you have the Labyrinth. Yes, Labyrinth archetype. Really cool archetype. And the Runic archetype. Also really cool. I, I kind of like how two of them are like pseudo. Oh, no, no, all three of them are kind of video game based. Uh yes i would yeah. say that that's fair yeah because the runics are based off of uh are based off of uh dungeon crawling rpgs right which i'm very it's a very or no, cool. labyrinth is 
Uh, no, Runic is. No, Labyrinth is based off of Dungeon no, Crawlers. Run- Runic. Runic is based off of first per is based off of Western RPGs. Oh, like a first person RPG. Yes. Okay. 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 Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, fair. Runic is Runic is more like uh, RPGs like uh, Demon Souls or Dark Souls or and stuff Skyrim. like that. Skyrim. Less Skyrim, more De- Dark Souls, Demon Souls, third person more, um, and JRPGs. But then also going through like the final you know dungeon, uh, and then. Valiance is more based off of fighting a... games. Oh, is that what it is? Fighting games. Oh, okay. Because the field spells, uh, the only reason why are different stages. Yeah, are just two stage selects, and then the various, then uh, the various uh, uh, cards or characters you you can select in the game. And see, to me, I felt like Valiance was more of a like um, what's the word I'm looking for when you have like all the different. When you get a field and like a strategy game, an RTS, uh, that might also be part of it. Is is but I think it's I think it's I think it's based on I think the I think the archetype is like a fighting game uh-huh. that's based on it on a pair of RTSs. That's fair because because half of the Valiants are like more are more like Dynasty Warriors. Where the other half are more like Gundam Warriors. Yeah. Which is still like Dynasty Warrior, you know, game, but it goes from like... Almost uh, Marvel versus Capcom, now that you say it. Because it's two yeah. completely different themes of monsters. Yeah, into a singular fighting game. Right. Um, because, because like six, half of it's a more of a historical fiction, the other half is sci-fi. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that's really interesting in my... There's, like, just that as a concept is really interesting. Um... So, okay, so besides the new cards, why don't you just go ahead and read off some of the reprints? Well, I was actually going to read out the entire set list, similar to what we do when we do you know our... What? Let's do it. Similar to what we do. So, for those that don't know, we are currently on our Patreon, because if you join our Patreon at at least the $5 tier, you get an extra episode every week. Mm-hmm. And what we've been doing here lately is, I say here lately, for a while... Yeah, it's just kind of going through each set, and you go from the beginning... Right. And reading off what it released and... And talking about the state of the game at the time of all these different card releases and... Oh, yeah. Uh, kind of talking believe, about the... I believe at time of recording, we are at... We're in 2012. Yeah. I know that. We're in... We're like in late spring. 2012. Spring. Yeah. Because we just did the March ban list on the last yes. episode, or yes. the episode before last. So we're in, like, like April, May. I think we just finished May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, like, yeah. So, like, mid... We're in Prime, yeah. Dino Rabbit, Wind Up in Zector format. Yes, that's summer. We're going into the summer, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where we're at currently. But this is kind of an idea of what we do. We kind of just read off the set list and kind of give our thoughts about it. So yeah, yeah. I think that this is as good a place as any to do this. Though we get a little bit of a preview of Tactical Masters coming forward. So, yeah. starting with EN001. <laughs> we have Shino Nomi, the Valence Priestess. Sion, the Valence Archer, Nazuki, the Valence Ninja, Hojo, the Valence Warrior, Valence Buster Baron, Valence Voltage Viscount, Valence Mad Marks Marques. Oh, 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 it's Viscount and Marquis. Sure. Valence Dominator Duke. This is also a frequent thing, is Caleb correcting me? <laughs> Mama, Mamo Naka, the Valence United. Valence Genesis Grand Duke, Valence Wars, The Place of Beginning, Valence World Shin- Shinra Bansho, Valence World Koenig Weissen? Is it Weissen? Uh, let me take a look. W I S S E N. Weissen or Weissen? Um, if it is in fact Germanic, it'd be Weissen. That's what I figured. Koenig. Koenig is German, right? K O N I G? Yeah, Koenig. Yeah, yeah, so it's Koenig Weissen. Sure. Go with that. I agree. I hate that entire archetype just because of the names. Okay, so basically, the ones that are uh, that are more like historical fiction based are named after like job classes from Final Fantasy, whereas the sci-fi ones are themed after noble classes, marquis, uh, baron, right, viscount. I I think I see what you're getting at. Grand duke. Correct. Okay, gotcha. I see what you're getting at now. And then ninja, high priestess. Gotcha. Okay, so we'll just stop here for a second and talk about the Valiants. So the Valiants are an archetype that <laughs> it's a pendulum archetype, and it's all based around switching columns or switching um, 
uh, zones. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, like, you can put... Because, like, a lot of them have effects that you can put them in your pendulum zones, and they can special themselves to the to the monster zone in that same column. Right. And then you can move yourself... Move, they can move themselves to an adjacent monster zone. Using Senate Switch. With in-archetype support to specifically search out that old card Senate Switch. Right. Which is actually going to end up being Yanjiro Invader support incoming Farfa Table 500. But we'll... We're, <laughs> We'll get there we're when we get it. there. Yeah, we're here. We're here Dude, I'm it. so ready for the Senate Switch searching Yanjiro Invader Table 500. You have no idea. It's going to be hilarious to watch. All right, let's get on into the next one. So we're back. So we're on EN014. Lovely Labyrinth of the Silver Castle. Labyrinth Archfiend. Ariane, the Labyrinth Servant. Ariana, the Labyrinth Servant. Labyrinth Shan. Oh, gosh. It's Chandelier Dragon. No, it's not. No, it's no, 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 Chan it's... Chan Draglier. Yeah, Chan no, no. Draglier. Yeah, no, I was I was just been calling it Chandelier Dragon because I'm not there. Chan yeah. Draglier. I think that's what it's. Chan Draglier. Whatever. Uh, Labyrinth Stovey Torby. Labyrinth Kuklock. Labyrinth Labyrinth. Oh God. Labyrinth Setup. Welcome Labyrinth. Welcome Labyrinth. Fair Welcome Labyrinth. Labyrinth Barrage. Archfiend's Ghastly Glitch. Okay, so there's not, I don't think, quite as many Labyrinth cards as there are Valiant's cards. But that's because part of that is due to Labyrinth just kind of being an open-ended archetype for right. fiends and Trap traps. cards. Yeah, so Labyrinth is set less around... It's more of a control, slower control archetype. And it's probably the most ready archetype out of the set as far as actual straight up competition because a control strategy like this tends to need less rounds of support to be competitive oh yeah uh, again but particularly because what, what they already have is also just very generic hey um you activate this card cool search out a normal spell a normal trap card right or just set a normal trap card directly from your deck right so you can set stuff like Trap Trick and it gives you all kinds of versatility. Versatility, because you can run hilarious stuff like evacuation compulsory evacuation device to bounce something. Uh, you can run the various viruses easily because they're right. all fiends. You could potentially even special summon Invader of Darkness from the deck uh, because he is a fiend, yeah. and then your opponent can't activate quick play spell cards. Unrelated, let's talk about the quick play spell card archetype. <laughs> Starting with EN027, Runic Fountain, Runic Allure, Runic Tip, and just the tip. Runic Flashing Fire, Runic Destruction, Runic Dispelling, Runic Freezing Curses, Runic Slumber, Runic Golden Droplet, Runic Smiting Storm, Huggin the Runic Wings, Munin the oh, Runic Wings. Hugin. Hugin. Yeah, yeah. Hugin and Munin. Jerry the Runic Wings, Astrograph Sword. Okay, and then we get into the reprints, yeah, which I'll come reprints. back to. Okay, so this is based off of basically this deck, the Runic deck revolves. It's a quick play spell card archetype for the most part. There's a couple of monsters, but they're all fusion monsters that have to be put in the extra monster zone. Yeah, by the continuous spell cards. Right, and the whole deck is based around your opponent milling your opponent's deck out not just milling banishing them face down right so milling as a strategy has never or hasn't been very effective for quite a while now because of the increase in graveyard centric archetypes and graveyard centric strategies i think like the only time it's ever been effective was exactly empty jar well i just mean that it hasn't been like a desired strategy because if it doesn't quite work out all the way then, your, yeah, your opponent's got fuel for days. Exactly. It's the reason that Chaos Ruler, the Chaotic Magical Dragon, is such a good card. Because he lets you mill cards off the top of your deck. That's a bonus these days. And then also add one. So cool, I can add a DD Crow. Right, exactly. So, it's an interesting concept. Instead of actual milling, it's like banishing them off the top. Yeah. Um, which just... Uh, and it banishes them face down, so they're gone, gone. Um, so in for decks, the most part. So in decks like Draglings that run a whole lot of one ofs that they kind of need, if you hit one of them, that's it, they're done. Right. Uh, now this archetype is also based not just on, 
not just on like first person RPGs. There are also a couple of them that are first person shooters. It's just kind of generically first person games. Video games. Yeah. All right. So next we have Astrograph Sorcerer, Book of Eclipse, Senate Switch, Scapegoat, Compulsory Evacuation Device, Trap Trick, Invader of Darkness, Droll and Lockbird, Absolute King Backjack, Lilith, Lady of Lament, Bear Blocker, Malice, Lady of Lament, Quick Booster, Cosmic Cyclone, Pendulum Fusion, Duelist Alliance, Anti-Spell Fragrance, Reckless Greed, Imperial Iron Wall, Fiend Griefing, and Pendulum Switch as your reprints. All very solid reprints, actually. The only one that I'm salty about is the um, Invader of Darkness. Yes, that one, it, I, it's Just, cool, but it, didn't, it really didn't need to be there. They, they put it in there exactly because, hey, this le- hey the, the, one of the decks in this set can special summon this dude for free. And it stops the other deck, one it of the other decks. The, yeah, it stops one of the other decks in this archetype from working at all. Right. Gee, thanks. <laughs> right. I also, I get that it's a normal spell card, but was Reckless Greed really needed here? It's a normal trap card. That's what I meant. It's a normal trap. Yeah, but you, know also- what, you know what would have been a much better pick right there, in my opinion? Hmm. Dude. Ice Dragon's Prison is a normal spell card. Oh my god, I thought you were going to say Accumulated Fortune. No, 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 Ice Dragon's Prison um, is broken. Oh, yeah, no, oh, yeah, no. Like, that would have been great there. But, like, I kind of understand why the Reckless Greed, because it hasn't been reprinted in 5 ever. Yeah, but it's not an expensive card even without a reprint. Even without a reprint, it, it's not an expensive card. No, you are correct on that on that front. Um, But I think that's why, I think that's the only reason why they reprinted it, um, as opposed to the... Uh, Ice Dragon's Prison. I... So let's talk about the collector's rares from this set. Yes, because those are interesting. So I'm not going to worry about the Runic Labyrinth or yeah. Valence cards because... We're, no one. Yeah, we're not worried about the collector rares. You we're came just... real close to saying no one cares about those. Yeah, yeah. I was but like, no, do, do people do in fact care about them? But no. Just not us. Yeah, not, not particularly, <laughs> no. Uh, I would like, like, here's the thing, like, I do kind of... you're trying to be polite, like, not, not, not particularly. Yeah, no, I mean, because, like, I do want to play Labyrinth. Just because right. I think the whole concept is cool, um, which to be fair, all three of their all three of the archetypes concepts are really cool. It's just right. they just can't they just will not be able to compete. Unfortunately, uh, well, also Labyrinth seems like of the ones it'd be the only one to be able to actually be able to do anything just due to the fact that it's a control deck that can just search whatever normal trap I need. Right, and it doesn't need to outpace the meta because it's a control deck. Yeah. It's just trying to slow the meta down to its pace. Yeah, and like not only, but again, also, unlike other control decks, it can specifically search out whatever trap it needs immediately. Right. Uh, so, for instance, let's say, uh, so like, let's say game one. Um. Oh no, I lost. But now I know what they're going up against. I can side in stuff like D, like D barrier. Right. And I can just search out the D barrier. And just lock you out for the turn while also pumping out a 32, uh, 32, well, 3,000 attack point monster and a 2,500 attack point monster. So, we talked about, we, we, we didn't, we still haven't talked about the CRs. Yes. We're going to talk about the reprint CRs, not the new right. card CRs. And this is only the ones that we know of offhand. Not everything is confirmed yet, but this is the ones we remember. Let me tell you, they're wild and awesome. Yes, yeah, so we have Astrograph Sorcerer, which is fine. Scapegoat. I'm really looking forward to this one. I really want a set of these scapegoats, or at least one or two. Because not only they're going to look really cool, because of all the different colorations there, it's also just a really nice card to have for uh, right. old formats. Com- uh, wait, uh, Trap Trick. Trap Trick is getting one. Which is actually a, a, a sneakily really cool one. Yes. Rolling Lockbird is getting one. I'm that's, very happy about that. Oh, that's that's. Mm. Next we have Cosmic Cyclone getting one. I've seen this one. It looks really great. Anti Spell Fragrance is getting a a collector's rare, which yeah. it does really represent a new highest rarity for the card, which I'm fine with honestly. So listen, I've only ever seen I've only seen one video uh, of this stuff, and it was MSC.TV. It's literally his. First pack you open. No, I think roll. it was the third. No, no, first pack. Droll. Oh, yeah, but it wasn't CR Droll. It was just a rare. Yeah, regular Droll. He's like, this is cool. By the way, everybody, pick up the rare Drolls. They're way, they're going to be way too cheap. And just yeah. buy, get as many of them as you can. Uh, and then he opened up another pack, and it was like nothing special. And then he then he opened up the next pack, and the la- second to last card in that in that pack was Anti-Spell Fire. He's like, cool, Anti-Spell's in here. Next card, the CR uh, Anti-Spell. And he's like, there you go. Right. 
so yeah, no, like, yeah, no, like, like, this is a set that, if you're new to the game, this is great, because this will let you get a lot of cheap staples. Yes. This is the side deck paradise, honestly. Oh, yeah, Droll Lockbirds were seven or eight apiece for the premium goldware, so now you can upgrade those to the rare. Right. <laughs> uh, honestly. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry for anyone who I just offended by saying that premium gold, that rare is an upgrade from premium gold. But you're I, speaking facts, though. I just don't. I just don't like the way that it sits in the sleeves. Is my problem. Yeah, that's my that's my biggest issue with it as well. Is I do not like the way that they sit in the sleeves. Uh, particularly whenever I'm unsleeving, when I pull them out, I can clearly see all the borders on the card. I'm like, that's in the sleeve. I'm like, that's just awful. Right. It's horrible. So, but uh, yeah, no, so you can upgrade your premium golds into rares. Honestly, I might move my supers and get collector rares. But I mean, you're the one with that kind of money, though. Well, chill, 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 chill. <laughs> I, uh, if anybody pulls the collector rare scapegoat, uh, hit me up. I want one copy for my high rarity goat deck because I'm too cheap to buy the ulti, and I don't think the ulti looks great. And I'm also too cheap to buy the champion yeah, pack the one. I'm not going to lie. The ulti scapegoats just aren't very good. They're too dark. They don't pop. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, They just like, don't pop. That white background just does not pop on scapegoat for yeah, some reason. Yeah, but it's because it's an old ulti. The old ultis weren't exactly great at the actual popping of the colors. It's not even that old. Comparatively. It's, right. It's it's really not that old. Some of the old ultis look amazing. I would I would argue the old ultis look better than the new ones. Well, again, it depends on the artwork. Um, because like I said, the old ultis had a habit of just not letting the act actual colors pop. Uh, so in a card that doesn't have a lot of colors to pop, see, I feel the exact opposite. I, I think the old ultis, everything popped more. Okay, so just for the sake of things, here is a an an yeah. ulti, debris dragon, debris dragon. From... Astral Pack 3. Yeah. Which I believe was around the same time that Scapegoat got an ultimate rare. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, Scapegoat was OTS Pack 8. Oh, uh, that's fair. So it's, it's honestly a fairly recent one. Yeah, comparatively recent anyway. Yeah, and they suck. Yeah. I, I just really do believe that they suck. Like, Whereas, like the Seeker Scapegoats are really nice looking. Compare, okay, we've both seen an Ultimate Rare Scapegoat. It just doesn't pop, it doesn't look good. Look at this Ultimate Rare Dandelion. It's got one, pretty much one solid color on the background, but the way it's done is it pops so much. Well, not, well, okay, so like with the actual background itself, not really. It kind of like, at certain angles, it just kind of blends it all together in one color, but it's a different enough color from the actual body of Dandelion itself that it makes Dandelion itself pop. Well, to me, the ultimate rare... It... And you would think that'd be the case with the Scapegoats, but it's not. Right. I think Dandelion has a really similar background to Scapegoat. Uh, I, 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 What I think it is, is because Dandelion's got, like, darker colors right. in its body than the Scapegoat tokens, who are all, Maybe. like, bright pastels, so it's just a bright color on top of another bright color. I mean, Dandelion's bright orange and yellow but it's darker than the pastels than the dark blue and the dark red well, i mean the orange and the pink i don't know i just yeah it's one the ulti scapegoat looks bad and i want a collector's rare so if anybody pulls a collector's rare hit me up <laughs> long story short of the of that whole tirade and conversation i want one collector rare scapegoat all right what do you say we do some mailbag questions Woo, round out do, the episode let's do it so oh before we do that real quick uh, of of the three archetypes, which one do you think will actually do a labyrinth? Labyrinth, you agree with me? Okay, cool. I just wanted to ask. Yeah, I think there's something to Mister Rune, and I think it's going to be annoying to play against, and it will be luck dependent. But I think labyrinth is the more consistent and good strategy. I, I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> yes. Okay, so mailbag. Why do Bruce Banner's khakis turn purple when he transforms into the Hulk in the comic books? Gamma radiation. Sure. And is that why fusion monsters in Yu-Gi-Oh have purple borders? To symbolize the struggle between the two psyches now merged into one powerful being? Somebody else finally gets it! Perfect. How does Konami design cards? Okay. So, 
Have you ever seen that meme where they're all in a boardroom and two people make good suggestions and they say, or no, no, two people make bad suggestions and the third person makes a good suggestion gets thrown throw, out the window? Yeah, 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 exactly. It's that. Exactly. That's their boardroom. Only instead of being thrown out a window, they get put in the closet. Do they, do they get celebrated when they come out? No. Oh, that's terrible. Where do you fall on the floodgate, Skyhawk floodgate alignment chart? I'm not going to lie to you. I would need to see the chart again, but I think I fall somewhere along traditional list. Same, probably. Yeah. If there was one deck you could go back and play at full power, what would it be? Ooh. Ooh. This is interesting because most of the decks that I desire to play at full power have. I got to play... Girgia at full power. Yeah. That's why I like that deck so much. Yeah, I mean, you also got to play Tri Brigade several times at full power, and, and that's it's various full powers, which is why I like the deck so much. Yeah. Same thing with Sword Soul. I like the deck because I've been playing it at full power. The most fun I've ever had with a deck at full power is actually surprisingly Marincess. I'm not gonna lie, this it's been a lot of fun. Right? Yeah. Uh, once you get used to a deck and you do well with that deck you enjoy playing it at its full power so it's i'm not saying that there's not any decks that i would like to go back and play at full power but the thing is i've already done it with a lot of the ones i care about the most the only one that i could come up with would be i think it would be kind of cool to play thunder dragon at full power but Uh, i don't know that i would want to play that format i think i would want to go back and play chaos dragons at full power but because I because I was playing that deck when it was a full, full power, right? But the issue though is that it it's just not the meta for it. Yeah, like for even, sure. Even the meta where it came out just was not the meta for it. Well, no, when it came out, it was great because yeah, it yeah. bodied Dino Rabbit. Yeah. Um. But then it lost to. Uh, I've completely forgotten the matchup. It's been years. I want to say it did not <sighs> yeah. do well against. Yeah, it, it, it just... Insectors. Because I think windups, it would loop all their cards into the graveyard. And they were like, cool! Thank you. Um, but yeah, I, no, I think Insectors was a rough matchup. Because yeah, it Insectors, would spit out its whole hand on the board, and then Insectors would pick it apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Insectors would body it. Um, Actually, Six Sam would body it, too, because all the negates. Yeah. It would just keep... Because, uh, like, it would just keep them from getting going. And then uh, their Synchro Shien was just big enough for a lot, where summoning like Pulsar wasn't enough to out it. Right. Alright, if you got to rebuild an archetype from the ground up to fix a core issue of their gameplay, what archetype would you choose? For example, making blue eyes not resolve around not revolve around a three out of brick, or making Dark World's effects work when discarded for cost, not just for effect. By the way, that would completely break the entire core mechanic of Dark Worlds, and that could never be allowed to happen. Yes, unfortunately. Um, I would pro- I personally would probably go back and actually do the blue eyes thing. Okay. I would, and hear me out here. Mm-hmm. I would take the entirety of tunes and make them less reliant, either less reliant on tune world or I don't know, there's got to be a way to fix tunes, right? Well, okay, so like so okay, so like a lot of the new tunes do a lot cuz like for instance, um they do require a Toon World on field to be to be special summoned, but they can be normal summoned, no problem. Without without even without Toon World, um, and they also don't require special summons. If you have Toon World, you just put them on the field, right? And if Toon World goes goes away, they still just stay on field. I'm gonna be honest; I don't know all the ins and outs of tunes, yeah. but I would like to fix the archetype. Okay, so like basically all the new tunes do exactly what you're what you're suggesting they do, but they still have to run some of the older tunes just to fill out just to fill out tune space. Um, I think like the last because like they do run a red archery girl because they need a normal summon that isn't tune harpy lady, right? Um, and then of course they also run two harpy lady because she's really good. Uh, but then all the rest of them kind of require uh tune world to be on the field to special summon them. Right, that makes sense. So it, the, issue, the biggest issue is that the deck revolves around you have to have Toon World on the field of some kind, whether it be actual Toon World itself and continuous spell or their field spell. Yep. All right, last question. How credible is the meta from the OCG translating to the TCG, which has a different style of play? I, I'm going to be honest. I don't think that you can take 
I, I would say you can only take like 50% of OCG to the TCG. I would, I would say you got to take it with a grain of salt. Uh, for instance, B Trooper over here did nothing. Over there, we're going to see. We're about to find out. Yeah, I imagine it's going to tear some stuff up. So the other thing is the ban list is the ultimate dictator of the what, format. Yeah. Of the format. But here's the thing you have to remember about OCG land. Not only is the ban list different, a lot of their tournaments are best of ones. Mm-hmm. Like half of them. Right. Not not 100% of their tournaments, but a lot of the tournaments in the OCG are all best of one. Um, yeah, it, it's. I think it's regional level and above are best of two. Best of three. Best of three, thank you. Yeah. Regional level and above are best of three, but then anything below that, they just do best of one. Which is insane to me. And I think part of that just has to do possibly with just a lot of people have other things they need to do, so it makes the tournament go by a lot faster. By the way, this is information that I've gotten from other people. So if that's not true, if the if the OCG is not like half best of one. Right, if the OCG doesn't do a bunch of best of one, somebody please let me know. Because yeah, I correct us. I've gotten into debates with friends over this. I'm gonna be honest, I'm pretty skeptical of it. S same, but enough people, enough different people who are unconnected have said so. And I haven't found any evidence to the contrary, to be completely honest. Yeah. To be fair, me 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 doing some Google Foo has also found nothing on... Best two. of one versus best of three. Yeah, I haven't found anything that, like, agrees with them either. Right. But, I, I don't know, it's hard to translate OCG to the TCG, not only because of the ban list, not only because best of one, but because... Like you said, there's just different styles of play. They yeah. have Drytron over there, mostly full power, and they just don't play it for whatever reason. Whether it's no no side decking, whether it's the existence of Maxi, whatever it is. I think it's a combination of a lot of things, but also I think just because the OCG in general, I am generalizing here, I think they just tend to prefer control, whereas over in the TCG, we kind of lean a lot heavier into combo. Right. I, I think but, that they have more of a mid-range style of play over there that we don't have but, here. But I mean, is that just due to... But I mean, is that just due to, like... Could just, be due to ban list. Yeah, due to ban list, due to player base. Is it just the very existence of Maxi kind of turns off people away from uh, combo? Maybe. Because I, I know cause I know, I know several people who play combo who, if Maxi was unbanned, they'd say, I'm not playing combo anymore. Never of again. Of course. Right. So, but the cool thing about it is that's why they play so much mid-range is because the mid-range allows them. That's why Sprite was tier zero over there, I think, because of the mid-range. The ability to do combo or control, switch between the two as you need to. Right. To put up a subpar board, maybe, board with maybe two interruptions instead of a crazy combo board with five, but do it on three summons or four summons instead of you know 12 yeah. 15 where your and opponent's then, drawing their whole deck yeah and then pass um or or you know be able to make make your board and only has a couple interruptions and then even if they out it they probably still can't kill you and then you can just represent the board again right exactly um a la decks like decks like we have over here in the oc in the tcg like uh tri brigade could do it to a less extent they could totally do it i've seen you do it like three times in a row back to back to back True. And then you ran out of gas. <laughs> It'd be like that. Um, Rensess can do it four can do it four or five times. It's just it's hard to translate. That's yeah. just another good way yeah, to put yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, you gotta kinda take everything with a grain of salt. Um, however If a deck is crazy tier zero in the OCG, it'll probably be pretty solid over here. Yeah. Um something else you can also take from OCG to TCG is just how the actual combo lines themselves work. Right. That that's also pretty that that's always translated one for one, except in like maybe one or two situations where just, just where because problem solving card text probably changed the way a card worked a little bit. Yeah. So like certain combo lines or certain combo pieces just don't work the way they're supposed don't work the same. Um, I think there was yeah. And then it, and then of course you also have an issue with uh, cards over there being like being translated differently, so they're no longer part of part of an archetype that they're actually part of in the. OCG. Yeah, it's like, weird. Uh, like Summon Skull and Archfiends. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Alright, I think that'll pretty much wrap it up for today's episode, though. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of ranted near the end there, but it's fine. Yeah, it's all good. Hey, listen, everybody, if you want to support the podcast, please be sure. The first and foremost thing you can do is give us a follow on Spotify or on iTunes. Follow or subscribe to us or... Well, if you're on YouTube, it would be a subscribe. You can also hit the like button. Leave a comment down below giving us some questions or some feedback or whatever. So if you're on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. If you are on iTunes, you can... iTunes or Spotify, I believe they're both follow. And then if you really want to go that extra mile to support the podcast monetarily, you can either... Support us through Patreon or click the affiliate links before you shop and help support the podcast that oh, yeah. way. Go buy some sleeves. Go go pick up that one card you've been trying to pick up. Come on, man. Do it. Spend the money. Get that collector rare. Do it for you. For, Get that make, make yourself happy. Get that starlight. Using our TCG player affiliate link. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be sure you do that first. <laughs> yeah. But a huge thank you, everybody, for supporting the podcast. And until next time, have a great weekend. Take care, everybody. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you Acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.